Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Sides were taken over. This Bible. Somebody say, I need a word. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make a confession of faith together. One, two, ready, let's go. I am ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we move and walk in what you've ordained. Today, Father, we're going to answer a tough question. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why would a good God allow bad things to even happen to us? Speak to us with clarity. Speak to us with strength today. In Jesus' name, say, Lord, speak to me today. Nothing's blocking. Nothing's stopping. Nothing's hindering your word from flowing to me. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We're in this series called Taboo Topics, and today I want to deal with uh, this. We learned that uh, on Sunday, and by the way, a taboo topic is something that's typically not talked about, but the reality is we want to talk about it. I need you to know that victory often comes through what you're willing to voice. I'm going to say it again. Your victory often comes through what you're willing to voice. Conversations have the ability to bring manifestation into your life. Do you not know that everything in the Bible is voice activated? The scripture says in Genesis, in the beginning, God said, and there was. I need you to know the power of your voice, which is why so often in life, things try to shut you down and shut you up so that you don't use where your power is. I need you to realize that you can't allow shame to shut you down 
and to shut you up. I need you to realize you can't allow condemnation to shut you down and shut you up. Some of you, you've been scared to pray things. Why? Because before you were disappointed and you didn't see what you thought you wanted to see. And so now you say, I'm shut down and I'm shutting up. And I need you to realize you got to be like that bland, that blind man. When Jesus was walking by, he started making noise and crying out for mercy. And the more noise he made, the people around him tried to shut him down and shut him up. But do you know what that man started doing? He got louder. I need you to make sure you sit next to somebody that doesn't mind getting louder. Why? Because my vo victory is in my voice. Say my victory is in my voice. So a taboo topic is something that we normally don't talk about. We don't voice it. We don't articulate it. But the reality is just that we want to. And last week we discovered that the mainstream concept of the devil is not biblically accurate. And we learned the truth. Today's taboo topic is this question. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? Somebody say, why? why? Now, we've all asked this question, or we know people that have asked this question, uh, or a variation of this question, like why worship a God that allows suffering, or why do good things happen to, uh, or bad things happen to good people? And the question, if I'm honest with us, 915, is filled with self-righteousness and arrogance, as if the creator reports to the created. The question itself is filled with this self-righteous indignation as if to accuse God of being inept, as if to accuse God of being inefficient, or as to accuse God of not being good. And I need you to realize that because he's a good, good father, he's the most consistent thing you've ever seen. He's the most, watch this, he's the most faithful thing you've ever witnessed. He's been there for you even when you put your hand in his face and said, I ain't got time for that. He cared for you, watch that, and got you out of that car accident even when when you weren't trying to make your way to church. I need you to give him glory. Why? Because he's been consistent. Because he's been faithful. Because he's always been in your corner. Somebody shout, he's good. He's a good, good father. He's perfect in all of his ways. Even if I don't understand his ways, his ways are perfect. That's probably why I don't understand him, because I'm imperfect. And because I'm imperfect, I don't have the ability to understand that which is perfect. I need you to realize that just because his ways are different doesn't mean they're demons. Just because his ways are different does not mean that, watch this, that he is a deadbeat dad. I need you to realize that God is always working something together for your good. He takes the good, he takes the bad, he takes the ugly, and he makes it work for you. I don't know about you, but I've not always done everything right. The truth is, sometimes fear creeps in, and sometimes I get weary, sometimes I get tired, and sometimes I don't do everything right. But I'm so glad that even when I ran out of strength, boom, that's when he stepped in and picked up somebody shout he's fighting for me so 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 first of all you need to hear this God gave power of what happens in the earth to us while God is sovereign over what happens God is not in control of what happens I said again while God is sovereign over what happens he's not in control of what happens first Timothy 6 15 it says this which he will display at the proper time, he who is the blessed and the only sovereign. That word sovereign there, it means the ultimate power and ruler, the king of kings and the lord of lords. Check this out. Say ultimate power. Say ruler. Now check this out. Uh, in America, thank God we do not have a monarchy. Ooh, because ain't nobody around anywhere in Washington, D.C. that would need to be seated on the throne. I need you to give God praise that we do not live in a monarchy here. Now, in Britain, however, they have a modified monarchy, right? Where you have the queen who, who delegates 
authority to the prime minister. Now, the queen is the head of state. She's the monarch in, in England. She's the ultimate power and ruler. Does she control everything that happens in her country? No. Is she responsible if somebody downtown gets in a fight? No. But isn't she, in, isn't she the sovereign? Yes. But is she in control of everything? No. Same principle with God. God is the ultimate power and he's the ruler. But he's not in control of every little thing that happens. That power, look at me, he has given to us. Let's go Bible. Matthew 18, 18. Truly I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound where? In heaven. Where does it start? On earth. Where does it go to? Heaven. Which means whatever you tolerate here, God says, I'm going to tolerate it in heaven. So if you tolerate being broke, I'll tolerate it. If you tolerate lack, I'll tolerate it. If you tolerate bad relationships, I'll tolerate it. If you tolerate depression, I'll tolerate Whatever you tolerate, I'm going to tolerate. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See how it starts here, then it goes there. Why? Because in Genesis, God gave us dominion over the earth, which means God says, listen, I'm the ultimate power and authority. If I want to step in, I can, but I've given you authority. Touch your name and say, you've been given authority. I need you to stop asking God to do what you got the power to do. I need you to stop being weak like you don't have the authority and the power to change some stuff. Some of y'all are begging God to change stuff. You got the ability to change yourself. If you don't like your circle of friends, change it. If you don't like the people you running with, change it. If you don't like your financial situation, change it. If you don't like your health situation, change it. I need you to realize you've been given authority and power. I need you to come up out of that corner and I need you to realize somebody shout, I got power. So I want to I want to introduce you to three people that experienced something bad that gives us a glimpse into the a glimpse rather into the mind of God. Now, here's the truth. There's tons of examples I could give you. Here's the three I'm going to give you today. Uh, John chapter nine, verse number one through verse three, and then we're going to look at verse thirty-two. Uh, sometimes God allows bad in order to bless. Sometimes God allows bad in order to bless. I'm going to introduce you to a guy here that you, when you look at his life, it's going to seem unfair. When you look at his life, it's going to seem like why would God pick on him? And you need to realize you're not being picked on, you're being picked for. Y'all not talking to me. You're not being picked on, you've been picked for. You've been picked for a blessing. You've been picked for a breakthrough. You've been picked to be an example to everybody else. I'm about to preach in just a moment. I just got to set this thing up. Get out of this victim mentality like, oh, woe is me. Everybody picking on me. No, God just wants to make sure everybody knows who you are. Because when he blesses you, he's going to bless you right in front of their faces. Somebody say he's going to do it in front of their face. That's why he needed them to talk about you so that your name was in the atmosphere so when he blessed you, they'd be able to say, wasn't this the same one that a month ago, that a year ago, but somehow, some way. John chapter 9, verse number 1. Watch it. It says, and he passed by. He saw a man, what? Blind from birth. Wow. This guy was blind from birth. Now, the, 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 the interesting thing here is that he didn't have a say-so in his situation. There's some of you under the sound of my voice where you don't have a say-so in your situation. You can't control it. You can't manipulate it. You can't pay. Watch this. You can't even pay your way out of it. 
There's some of you, you can't pay your way out of it. You can't talk your way out of it. You have no say so. That's this man. In verse 2, and his disciple asked him, Rabbi, a teacher, that means who sinned? In other words, they said, something's bad. Ooh, I'm ready to preach now. Something bad is going on in this man's life. He must have done something wrong. Look at me, 915. Sometimes bad is not an indication that you did something wrong. It's an indication that you finally did something right. I need some of you to realize the bad you've been dealing with is because you've finally been doing the right thing. And now that you've been doing the right thing, Satan is looking at you and saying, how in the hell is he still standing? Is they, uh, how in the world is she still breathing? How in the world are they... Why haven't she, why didn't she take her life yet? Why didn't he commit suicide yet? Somebody say he's about to bless me. Watch, watch, watch. It says, it says, it's hell is a Hebrew word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. I'm not cussing. Verse 2, his, his disciples said, Rabbi, teacher, he said, somebody sinned. Somebody did something wrong. Now it was either this man, look at me, it couldn't have been him because he was born that way. Ooh. It couldn't have been anything he did because when he came out of his mama's womb, his eyes never saw. Which means he doesn't know what it is to see. Some of you, the, the reality is that since you were a little kid, you have dealt with things that, let's just tell the truth, have been unfair. Now I'm not talking. For some of you, since you were a child, you have dealt with things that are not right. You have dealt with things that, watch this, other people would have lost their mind about. And you had no say-so in the matter. Okay. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Now, the reason they suggest his parents sin is because the scripture is very clear is that as a parent, listen to me, fathers, this is why we're important. Listen to me. Listen to me, mothers. This is why you're important because you have the ability to open your bloodline to mess. Bible says that the sins of the fathers, previous generations, were visited to the third and to the fourth generation, which means while you may think what you're doing doesn't matter, you're affecting three to four generations after you. The reason you got to be in church is because in four generations, they still got to be in church. The reason you got to give God glory is because in four generations, they got to give God glory. Y'all not talking to me. The reason why you got to deal with opposition is because in four generations, they need to know how to deal with opposition. Let me introduce you to yourself. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history maker in your bloodline. Somebody shout, that's who I am. The reason they suggested it was his parents is because by scripture is that the sins of the previous generations had a right to attach themselves, watch me, and the punishment for that sin had a right to attach itself to their offspring. I pray you don't give birth to something that's cursed because of the result of your actions. Whatever they birthed had a right to be cursed because of their own actions. God, if I had time. Some of you, you are literally, you have birthed, you have birthed, watch this, your rebuke. Not just natural, I mean your business, you, 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 your, your finances, your, watch this, the way that you treated your mom and them, you birthing that back out, the way, y'all not talking to me, the way you treated your daddy, now you're reaping it in your kids. And you... God is not slack. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you just determine that for the rest of your life, you're going to sow right, just give him three seconds of glory right there. For the rest of my days, I'm going to sow right. I ain't done everything right. I ain't been perfect. Ain't no need to pretend it. But for the rest of my days, yeah. 
Jesus said this, though. Watch this. Jesus answered, he didn't do nothing. Look at me. Nor did his parents. Wait a minute. The disciples are shocked because they always thought that if bad happens, something bad had to be done. And this is where some of us get in guilt and condemnation because we're like, if something bad is going on, we immediately say, what did I do? And I need to be honest with you. That's a good question to ask. Sometimes the answer is you did nothing. Sometimes you could pray and say, Lord, what do I need to do different? And sometimes the response might be nothing. This boy has been blind from birth. And his disciples said, well, who did something? His, him or his parents? Jesus said, neither one of them did anything. Look at, verse, <laughs> look at the rest of the verse. It says, but that the works of God could be displayed in him. He says, I allowed bad because I'm about to openly bless. I'm about to use them as an example. I ain't talking to everybody, but this is for somebody. God says, I've been using you as an example so that when they look at you, they're going to see me. When they look at you, they're going to see my miracle working power. When they look at your family, they're going to say, how did this happen? When they look at your finances, they're going to say, how did this happen? Say he's going to make me an example. He says, but, but so that the works of God can be displayed in him. He said, he's going to be an example of how to take the absolute worst hand and still win with it. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you. You're going to be an example on how to take an absolutely bad hand and play that thing well. God says, I'm about to display my works through you. They're going to know that I'm real because of what I do through you. Because you're going to own the company, watch this, and you didn't get a degree and you're going to have people with degrees working for you. Y'all ain't talking to me. God says, I'm about to show my works to you. They're going to know that they 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 They're going to know that I'm God. Say, I'm an example. Say it, say, I'm an example. He says, so that the works of God could be displayed through you. He said, I allowed you to have an unfair deal. I allowed you to be born with something you couldn't control. I allowed those people seem like, seem like, I allowed those people to betray you. I allowed those people to be disloyal. I allowed those people to fail you. I allowed those people to drop you. I, I, and God says, and it wasn't because you did anything wrong. Truth be told, you couldn't have done anything different. But I'm about to use you as an example. This ain't for everybody, but for somebody. And if it's for you, if you believe God's going to make an example out of your life, I just need you to put a praise in this atmosphere. He's doing it with me. Woo! He's doing it with me. Whoa! He's doing it. Whoa! And you can't faint while he's doing it. You can't give up while he's doing it. You can't throw him the towel while he's doing it. Somebody say, I can't faint. Because imagine how many of those days that man said, I want to give up. If God loved me, why can't I see? If God loved me, why am I struggling with this? If God loved me, why am I dealing with this issue? Until one day he sees him. And when he sees Adam, it's almost like Jesus winks at him, knowing he can't see him, but the man saw the wink. 
Because when he walks past him, his disciples ask him, he says, nobody's sinned. I'm about to work through him. Jesus heals the boy, who is now a young man, which means he, oh, which means he had to deal with some unfair stuff for 13 years. This message is for me. He had to take a horrible hand for 13 years because he's a young man now. Watch this. And Jesus winks at him. He heals him. And then the religious people, the stuck-up, snooty, arrogant people, said, well, how, how is it that you see? Evidently, you weren't born like this. They said, give me your mama name and let her tell us. And his mama name was like, oh, no, he was born like this. Well, y'all must have been in sin. No, we weren't. Look what the boy says in verse 32. Watch this. I like him because the guy gets petty. Every now and then, you need a little petty. Just a little bit. Because they were like, well, I'm going to tell you, listen, I got to tell you, and I may not even be able to finish. I may, I may have to stop right here. Uh, God says, because the guys are going back and forth with them, and they're like, we've never heard of something like this. Blind from birth, and now you healed? We've heard of getting blind temporarily and then being healed. We ain't heard of you been dealing with this since you came out. And now you heal. We don't understand this. Watch this petty. Verse 32. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man, say it, born blind. Look at me. What God's about to do for some of us. Never has it been heard. So the reason you feel so alone is because it ain't never happened before. I'm not talking to everybody, but to somebody that believes that's you. I know that's me. For somebody that believes that you shall never, shall never, it ain't never been heard. That's why I don't even have a point of reference for it. I don't even have anybody else's story or test or testimony. Y'all leave, y'all excuse me. Free me, free me. I don't even have another testimony to look at. Because everybody else's story seemed like they showed up and they blew up. They showed up and things worked. They showed up and things happened. But for me, I've been dealing with something for years that ain't been fair, that ain't been right. But God says, because I'm about to do some never before seen stuff in your life. Say yes, Lord. Number two, God allowed bad. I got, I got to at least get you this one. I can't finish the whole thing. Can I get you the second one though? God allowed bad, look at this, to be your dad. God allowed bad to be your dad. Jeremiah 30, we're going to look at verses 12 through 24. I want you to see this. You ready? Look at this. For thus says the Lord, your hurt is incurable. Your wound is grievous. It means you're in grief. That means you lost something. Or you thought you lost something. And you're grieving. Let me tell you about so many depressed people in Denver because of grief. They're grieving something that they lost and they're trying to replace it with money. That don't work. Sex, that don't work. House, that don't work. Car, that don't work. Relationship, that don't work. You got all this stuff and still got a hole. 
Verse 13, there is none to uphold your cause. He says, there's no medicine for your wound, no healing for you. He says, you can't even drink. Say, drinking don't work. He says, your, your drugs ain't working. Your porn ain't working. Your sex ain't working. Y'all ain't talking to me. Staying on the phone all the time, that ain't even working. You don't even want to be bothered no more. Now, now when your phone rings, you're like, yeah. He says, there's no medicine. He says, there's no medicine. He says, there's no medicine. Are you reading the Bible? Verse 14. Ooh, God. He says, your lovers forgot about you. He says, all the people you put in front of me forgot about you. All the people you skipped out on me for forgot about you. All the people that were always more important than what I said, they forgot about you. And then he says, and then he says, they don't care nothing about you. I'm in somebody's business here. Because lovers may not be a romantic relationship. It may be something that you decided was more important than God. And God says, that thing has forgotten you. Somebody say, it'll forget you every time. Be, be careful putting your kids before God. They'll forget about you. But be careful putting your spouse before God. They'll forget about you. Y'all not talking to me. Somebody say, God is first in my life. Now watch this. He says, I dealt you the blow of an enemy. The punishment of a merciless flow because your guilt is great. Here's the line. And your sins are flagrant. He says, you flagrantly disobey me and you don't care. You flagrantly do what you do. You don't even care. Because you live in your truth. You don't care. God said, okay, I got something that you ain't got no medicine for. I got something that you don't have a drug for. I got something you can't anesthetize. That while you can play everybody else, God says, I know what's behind them eyes. While you can talk to talk to everybody else, God says, I know that you're really not satisfied. And the truth is, is I know how you really feel. But touch your neighbor and say, but he's a good, good father. Let's go further, though. He says, verse 15, why do you cry out over your hurt? He says, you're only crying because you're hurt. Your pain is incurable because your guilt is great. Your sins are fragrant. Look at the last part. I have done these things to you. See, we don't understand what good fathering is in America. Good fathering, watch this, means that sometimes what you don't need is a hug. You need a push. Good father means sometimes you don't need a, 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 to be coddled. Sometimes you need to be thrown out. I know we don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. It's the truth. It's true whether you like it or not. Verse 16. Therefore, but look at this. Somebody say, watch the change. God's like, because if you read before this and after this, they changed. They were like, wait a minute. Lord. I had this thing all wrong. I've been doing it my way. And for a while it worked. So I thought. For a while I was good. For a while things seemed like it was okay. And then you threw blows at me. Every good father knows that sometimes when your son bucks. I'll stop right there. I'm stopping right there. I'm stopping right there. It's the 915. I'm going to stop right there. So watch the change in verse 16. 
Therefore, all who devour you shall be devoured. All your foes, every one of them, shall go into captivity. Those who plunder you shall be plundered, and those who prey on you, I will make a prey. God says, I had to allow some bad so I could be your dad. And to be your daddy sometimes means I need to hit you in the mouth in a spiritual way. Not encouraging abuse. Bible says, spit a rod. I know we don't like it. All you parents like it when I'm saying that about you to your kids. You just don't like it when it's God and you. Ooh, but the same discipline you give got to be the same discipline you receive. He says, every one of them shall go into captivity. Those who plunder you, I'll plunder. Those who make you a prayer, I'll make you a prayer. Verse 14, 17, I'll restore health to you. Uh, and your wounds, I'm going to heal. God says, I'm the only one that can heal this. I allowed bad so that I could be your dad. I'm the only one that can heal this. I'm the only one that can heal this. Say, he's the only one that can heal it. This is Bible, y'all. He says, and your wounds have a heal, declares the Lord, because, watch this, because they call you an outcast. He said, he said, part of the bad I had to allow was that you were over here. You were separate from. You felt like the black sheep. You felt misunderstood. And I need some of you to realize some of that feeling is God saying, I need you to realize, watch this, that sometimes the only way you're going to see me is if you can't see them. It's quiet in the church, and I got to finish. Look, look at this. <clears throat> he says, uh, because they called to not cast. It is Zion for whom no one cares. He says, so they even said, nobody cares. <laughs> look at this, verse 24. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intentions of his mind. Look at me. In the latter days, you will understand this. Every good parent knows this, that there are certain things you have to do that your children do not understand. And they may criticize it. They may holler at it. They may be mad about it. Why you treat me like this? Why you doing me like this? Why we got to do this? Why we got to do that? But you better hear me, good parents. You better look at the end part of this Bible verse. The end part of it says, he says, in the latter days, you're going to understand it. He says, you're not going to get it now. One day you will. One day you'll understand why I didn't let you marry them. One day you'll understand why I didn't let that relationship work. One day you'll understand why you had to go through that rejection. One day you'll understand why you had to go through that abandonment. One day you'll understand why you didn't have what you thought you needed. Somebody say, one day I'm going to understand. Father, I pray that that day would be this month. Yes, God. I pray that that day would be this month. That whatever we do not understand from our past, whatever we do not understand that was bad, that we'd understand that somebody hollered this month. Can I give you the last point? Can I give you the last point? Can I give you the last point? Now, just so you get this, Hebrews 12, 6, it says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. Which means discipline is proof of love. Correction is proof of love. God's highest form of rejection is when he says nothing. You need to be glad he doesn't let you get away with stuff. What do you mean, let me get away? Because there'll be that convicting force that'll say, Now, you know that one, right? And it's not to beat you down. It's to call you higher. 
Look at me now, 15. God is not trying to beat us up or beat us down. He's trying to call us higher. Somebody say, to my best self. Here's the last point. Let me get it to you real fast. I got to preach it real fast because I'm, I'm out of time. Doggone it. God allowed bad so you know what you have. You like how these last two rhyme? It's on a new album. God allowed bad so you knew what you had. Second Kings chapter 4. I'm going to show you something. So one, he allows it because he's going to bless you. Two, he allows it to father you. That's just the way it is. I pray you don't run away from him because you don't like the way he fathers. I pray you don't run away from him. You know what most interesting thing is folks who, who call out all these titles and all that stuff and all that, and that's my spiritual and all that. And it's nice until you don't like the way you're fathered. That's the real test. The real test, it, 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 you know, is can you get checked and realize this is proof I'm loved? Can you get corrected? And this is other than that, it's just, it's just words. Can you get checked and say, yes, sir? That's how God operates. I learned that lesson a long time ago. I don't, I don't, I don't debate. When I get checked, yes, Lord. I bow the knee. <laughs> Why? Ain't no sense in talking back. If I don't understand it, that means I'm looking at it wrong. The problem ain't with you, it's with me. You're perfect. The problem is with me. Even in church, I pray that you don't get mad because you don't like the way the message came out. And while God's trying to father you through the message, but why he got to say that, that's why you can't heal. That's why you still hurt from what happened when you were 11 and a half. Person whose middle name starts with J. Watch me. It's the Holy Ghost. Watch this. I got to move. I'll get prophetic some other time. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know he feared the Lord. And the creditor came to take my, our kids to be his slaves. Look at me. She's a spiritual woman. Her husband served the man of God, but her husband was raggedy in business. How you know? It says it right there. Creditor's coming to take away. My sons. Why? Because in, in that culture, if we needed to collect, we ain't going to put this on your credit. We're going to take your child. Some of y'all like, well, praise God. Can we go back to them days? <laughs> Shoot, I ain't going to pay my rent for the next 12 months. Come get these jokers. What? What? Watch me. <laughs> Look, he said the creditor came. Now, here's what's amazing is he died with no life insurance. He died without a plan for his family. This means he, he, was, he was, watch this, he was in church, but watch this, he didn't apply what he learned in church. I pray you don't be like this man to where you leave problems for people when you're gone. I pray you be a problem solver all the days of your life. I pray that when people see you, they know it's handled. I pray that when people see you, they know that it's taken care of. I pray that when people see you, they see consistency. And when people see you, they see that everything is good. Look, verse 2. And Elisha said to her, so she goes, she, watch this. She basically comes to the church and says, my husband was on the dream team. 
and we're going through some stuff. So, man of God, what you going to do? In other words, it's your responsibility because he served. It's quiet in church. Verse 2, Elisha said to her, what you want me to do for you? In other words, he says, this is your problem, ma'am. You knew he was raggedy in business. You should have made sure that y'all had y'all stuff together. Stop making your problem somebody else's problem. Stop making your issue somebody else's issue. Touch your neighbor and say, I got to deal with this myself. Watch, I'm done. I'm out of time. Doggone it. He says, tell me what you want. He says, he says, tell me, he says, hey, girl, what do you have in your house? He says, you're begging me to do what you already have. And watch this. If I give you the money for that debt, watch this. What are you going to do about the rest of it? If I fix this problem, listen to me, church. Sometimes God does not allow anybody to help you. And you need to know it's God. Why? Because God says if we fix this problem, you haven't fixed your mentality, so you're going to be right back into it next time. So sometimes God allows bad so that you learn what you have. And Elisha said, what should I do for you? Tell me what you got in your house. He said, I don't have anything. That's how a lot of us respond. I ain't got nothing. Watch this. Except... I need you to know your accept is where you're about to excel. Somebody say, it's already in my house. Say, it's already in my hand. Talk, corner that amount of time. Watch. He says, I don't have anything except some oil. Then he said, oh, go on outside. Go on now. Somebody say, go on now. Ball some vessels from all your neighbors empty vessels and he says and don't get a few because what I'm about to do for you is going to be big let me prophesy God's about to play something big look at your hands say he's about to play something big in my hands say it 915 say he's about to play something big in my hands watch he says don't get a few he said you're, you, you got debt and listen you got money problems you're not yourself Watch. He says, verse 4, go in, shut the door. In other words, he says, keep everybody else out of your Stop telling everybody all of your I need to tell some of you, can I just be real for you? Some of y'all talk too much. And you're talking to people that don't have the power to fix your problem. Why are you telling somebody else with the same issue? Y'all not talking to me. Always want to tell everybody everything. Sometimes you need to learn. People ask me sometimes, Bishop, how you doing? I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm winning. They say, you always are. I said, I don't have a choice. I don't have the luxury of sucking. I don't have the luxury of giving up. I don't have the luxury of throwing in the towel. I don't get to make that choice. So I'm good. Ain't nothing to talk about because talking about it ain't going to fix it. That light is bright. Leave it bright. 
It's got my eyes there. I saw the Lord. High and lifted up. Somebody says, shut the door. Shut the door to doubt. Shut the door to fear. Shut the door to telling everybody what's going on. Shut the door. And he says, and you and your sons, whose problem was it? Her and her sons. He said, y'all figure this out. Some of y'all need to leave church. You need to figure it out with who the problem is with. Y'all figure this out. He says, pour into the vessels. When one is full, do what? Set it aside. He says, listen, you're going to have to release what you have. He says, because what you want is a handout. And the man of God said, I'm not giving you anything. I'm going to give you instructions. And if you obey them, you're going to be good. If you don't obey them, they're going to take your sons. And we'll have a good service for them. It's quiet in here. Look, 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 look. <laughs> so she went from him. Shut the door. Say she obeyed. Her and her sons. And she poured. And they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another. Stop. Verse 6. When the what? Say that B word. Say it, y'all. Wait a minute. Old girl said in verse 2, she had one jar. Verse 6. When the? She went from singular to plural. Why? Because she followed instructions. Y'all missing it. She said, I got one. Let me give me a bottle of something. Just give me a bottle of something. Whatever you got. You got a, what's that? Hold on, what is that? Oh, let me have that. That's good. Thank you. Now I'm gonna keep over. She had a this, and this is the right type of water to drink, too, by the way. I mean, that other water tastes like Coke. It's free country. Say what I want to say. Watch. She had one bottle. Say one bottle. But then she started pouring it. Say she released it. I pray you don't be stingy. I pray you don't hold on to your 10 so he can't give you 100. I pray you don't hold on to your 100 so he can't give you 1,000. I pray you don't hold on to your 1,000 so he can't give you 10,000. I pray you don't hold on to your 10,000 so he can't give you 100,000. I pray that you would not hold on to what you got. Somebody say, release it. So they started pouring. And, they, and as they're pouring, more was there. They move it aside. Why do they move it aside? Because God says, I need you to realize I'm doing it in front of you. You told me you didn't have nothing. I'm telling you, you had everything. Shut your mouth. You telling me it ain't going to work. I'm telling you it's about to work. You telling me you don't know how it's going to happen. I'm telling you, I'm going to do it right here in front of your face. Yeah. Verse 6. When the vessels are full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. He said to her, there's not another. So when she ran out of vessels, watch this. When she ran out of where to release, the oil stopped. Which means, watch me, as long as she was releasing, heaven was releasing. Let me tell you why a lot of you have dealt with pain with people. It's so that you start being mean. You start being angry. Somebody did something yesterday, and I observed it. And in my seat, I, just, I got my, my anger rose. And I said, and I started to handle it. I started to treat it. And the Lord said, mm-mm. Mm-mm. They said, they said, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't even let that. 
and say, I got this. And when I throw a bow, it's going to be way worse than what you could do. I said, good. You handle that, Lord, by Monday at 10. I'm going to check. Look at me. When she stopped releasing, the oil stopped. A lot of things happened to you to get you to watch this shut down and shut up. I don't trust nobody. I ain't giving it to nobody. I ain't giving it to church. I ain't going to church. I ain't praying. I ain't going to God. I'm not I'm, I ain't doing none of that. And God says, that's where your oil stopped. That's where your provision stopped. It stopped because you stopped. Let me tell you, every person who's loved people and people have hurt you, that's life. You're going to be hurt some more too. Just go on and get ready for it. Grease up for it. The bastard, just get ready. That's life. That's life. Look at the last part of the verse, and I'm way out of time. So right after that, we're gonna move quickly into this altar call. Y'all don't move. Y'all don't be sitting there making me beg you. She came and told a man of God. Say she followed up. The problem with some folks is they don't follow up. And he said, "Go sell the oil." They said they're about to take my sons. Start you a business, baby. They about to take my sons. I'm going to show you that I got a whole nother way to provide for you. She said, she said, she said, um, I, I did what you said. He said, go sell that oil. Pay the debt for your sons. She said, you're not going to lose your family. He says, your kids will be saved. And then he said, and you and your sons live off the rest. Stop. She came trying to just get the debt paid. But the man of God says, listen, God had to allow bad because you didn't know what you had. Not only is your debt going to get paid, but you're going to make enough with this transaction. I prophesy to somebody that this next check about to hit your mailbox, this next blessing about to hit your life, this next opportunity, this next thing that's about to hit your life, God says, I'm going to set you up for the rest of your life. I'm going to set you up for the rest of your days. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, 
I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.